Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Yes, hello and welcome to season six or welcome back to season six of the Weight Loss Podcast. I'm Matt as I'm always Matt. Uh, With me is Courtney, who's always Courtney. I am always Courtney. And we are here to discuss a topic that affects literally everyone to varying degrees, I might add, not the same, obviously, but there's no avoiding this. Um, it gets all of us sooner or later, Courtney. Yes, it does. Food boredom. Mm-hmm. So let's let's set the scene here. So, Courtney, you have been a victim of food boredom through your life, would you say? Oh, yeah. Still am sometimes. What tend to be your triggers for food boredom? Well, all of the ones we're about to mention. Everything. <laughs> Literally. How easily would you say you get bored with food? Um, yeah, pretty quickly. I get turned off food very quickly. Yeah. But that, that, I mean, that covers everything though. I'm, I'm a bit funny with food. I'm funny with food. I'm a bit of a fussy eater anyway. Mm-hmm. So I get funny with food texture and food smells. Like if I think that something might be off, I just can't bring myself to eat it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hey, Matt, can you please smell this chicken curry? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's off. While Matt's just eating it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it probably isn't, but if I think in my mind that... Once the seed's planted, you're gone. Yeah? It's, it might have been there for one too many days, I won't eat it. Okay. Well, so we're going to have a discussion here about food boredom and what we've noticed over time as the three, I suppose, biggest key contributors mm-hmm. to people's food boredom. So we're going to discuss what those triggers are, uh, how to recognize them, and then to close the show, Courtney, we're going to give tips on how to get past them. Overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's one thing to talk about problems, it's another to offer solutions. Yes. And guess what? That's what we're about. Yes, it is. Here at the Weight Loss Podcast. So, you okay? Um, yeah, I'm good. Am I entertaining you? Yeah. Go on. Okay, so let's start with uh, the first example. Uh, and this relates to deprivation, Courtney. Yes, it does. So let's say that uh, you, you may have started uh, a, a new diet or a new program or whatnot and you're on a meal plan that for the next four to six to eight to ten whatever weeks you have to only eat What's on the plan? And oh shit, the plan has cut my favorite food. My favorite foods. Oh, I can't have them for the next three months. <sighs> Rut roll. It's a very big sigh. You know why it's a very big sigh? That's a fuck my life sigh. <laughs> it's a very big problem. Well, I'll give a personal example here is where if I was on a plan that said to me, hey, big boy, 
no egg-based meals for three months because my personal favourite meal of the day and has been for quite some time is the omelette I make for myself because just ask me, my omelette is tremendous. Being humble. Mm. But if someone were to tell me or a plan that I'm on is like, nah, mate, you got to get rid of the eggs, like... I don't know how long I'm going to last. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, de- deprivation is a big problem. Um, and pe- people do it for di- many different reasons. As, as you mentioned, there might be meal plans involved. There might be we do it to ourselves. Have you done this to yourself? Yeah, in the past I've tried to cut things out, thinking ah, that, okay. you know, it'll it'll be the – so we give our own meal plans in to a certain degree where we'll say, you know, oh, I'm only going to have oh, this. Yeah. I'm only going to have soup for lunch for the next 12 weeks. Or I'm going to cut mm. all sugar. Everything. I'm a sweet tooth and I'm going to cut all sugar. Yes. For the next 10 weeks. Yes. And you last five days. Yes. And you feel like shit. So, yes, we, we often do it to ourselves as well as you know, physically um, going out seeking particular meal plans to follow. Personal example? I never actually seeked out a meal plan to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really my th- – I just couldn't bring myself. As I said, probably comes from the fact that I'm a fussy eater, actually. Yep. That probably saved me from doing any meal plans because I didn't. I don't like a lot of foods. But from the um, the cutting perspective or the re- the restriction? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've tried. I tried in the past. What sort, of things, my own. what sort of things have you tried to cut out that have really sort of backfired on you? Sweets definitely was one thing I tried to cut out, which backfired a lot. Can we? Can we just? Um, would you? Is it safe to say you're a sweet tooth? Yes. Very safe. Yes, very safe. Okay, so you tried to cut that. Tried to cut sweets. So we're talking about all sugar or just? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mostly chocolate and ice cream, which my go-to still are, but yeah. Um, Absolutely. But um, yes, definitely tried to cut that out um, at different stages. I've In the past, I'd tried to cut um, all carbs like bread, pasta, rice, Mm -hmm. um, potatoes, um. You ever tried cutting any colours? Yeah, but again, that was probably just not necessarily cut them, but probably just never tried them mm-hmm. because, again, I was a fussy eater. I would probably I'd just stick to stick to what I knew. So going going back to the the cutting example, where cutting out all sweets, how long did you last? How long did I last? Oh, never long. No, never long. Never long at all. What did it sort of lead to? I'd be for you? shocked if I could last two weeks. What and what would it lead to for you? What would it lead to for you? There would always be a binge to start off with because it would always start with one bite or one piece, but I could never just stop at one piece or what, one bite. What would trigger the binge? Usually, it was because it was right in front of me, and I just couldn't say no. So I've been trying to cut it out, you know, things like that. But then someone offers you something. Mm. You know, and you tell yourself, I'd be rude to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, it's in the house, so you just eat it because you just want it so bad. And, you know, you get to the stage when you're depriving yourself of of something like sugar or sweets for so long when I used to have them. Literally all I could think about. It was all I could think about. 
It would it would be like someone trying to quit smoking, I reckon. Would is it then a safe bet or a question I'll ask when you're say cutting out the sweets, there was no effort to substitute that? No, with no. What no, you're no. Having? no, there if, was never an idea to not, substitute. Okay, it was so just cut pure, it out. Pure cut, not replace. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you'd almost think of these things as like a challenge. And I'm assuming I've never done a meal plan, but I'm assuming that's what people think meal plans are as well. They think oh, I'll just I don't plan to eat like this forever. It's just going to kickstart my progress, you know. It's just going to give me the kickstart that I need and, and the, you know, the motivation that I need and things like this. They they tell themselves these things and they almost see it as a bit of a challenge of well, can I get through this time frame sticking to this, which, you know, some people can, but mm, it doesn't. Not- it doesn't work long term. Very, very often for people, they're given meal plans, and it's like, okay, I've got to follow this because well, the person I'm paying has given me this, mm. and this is, this is what I have to do to get wherever it is I want to get to. Yeah, but it doesn't last long, does it? Because if you're looking at anything like this where there's clearly deprivation involved, the first question is, how long can you do that for? I mean, but it's pretty clear to see how food boredom comes into this. So if you're eating the same thing, you know, so mm. some of these, some of these, you know, meal plans that people do for themselves or that people purchase, you're eating the same stuff constantly. Day one, meal one is the same as day two, day 10, day 30, day 60. Fucking, this is too hard. Yeah. So they're the sort of meal plans we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a guide. There's a difference, I think, between a meal guide and a meal plan. I love that phrase, mm. meal guide versus this, meal plan, because yeah, there's no harm in educating people on what what certain choices tend to do to the body. Yeah. And there's fantastic meal guides out there. Well, we give fantastic meal guides to our clients. We, we give them and I and I know of others that are out yeah. there and it's great. People love them because they have freedom of choice mm. and that should be what it's about. But once you start putting in you need to have this and yeah, just the idea so you can really easily see that if something is set and it's a non-negotiable, there's no choice in it, if you're having the same thing week in, week out – you know, if, if like for me, I, you know, tried to just have like, I remember a time I stupidly decided I was just going to have like soup. I think it was for lunch or dinner. I can't really remember which one. But Homemade soup or, or canned soup from the shop? Canned soup, please. I was too lazy to cook my own. Um, but imagine having soup for lunch every day for um, like 12 weeks. You'd never want to see another tin of soup in your life. That might depend on the person. Like I, I personally love a good soup. I love um, it too. If it's a if it's a good chunky soup, but all the time. Um. Well, yeah. That I have omelets every single day of my life. Yeah. Well, you're a different person. Um. But although to be fair, there is variety within what you put in them. What I have there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the issue there with with deprivation that is. I would probably say the fastest way to get to food boredom yes. is deprivation. And it's also um, – you see it as a sign in people where they'll, they'll think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be cutting out sugar for this next three months, but, geez, I keep having the biscuits or the chocolate in the staff room at work. I just haven't got the willpower. 
actually the issue is not the lack of willpower, it's that your borders fuck with what you're having and what you're and forcing yourself to do. And you're probably very hungry. There's also that part. <laughs> but, but then as, as you found, Courtney, when you are taking away from yourself things that your body is wired to love, and we've all got those things. Yeah. Like some people are sweet tooth, some love their savoury. Yeah. And the same thing, this is the same thing that goes with savoury. Like if you love your savoury and you go like, oh, I'm cutting it out, I'm getting rid of it. Like all it takes is a savoury temptation at the right time and it's gone. Yeah. So I, I tend to think this might be the fastest way to get to food boredom really, really quickly, um, but also falls into complete unsustainability. Yes. Anything else you want to give as an example there? You're I was going to say something else, but it's I've forgotten it. So yeah, Excellent. It'll come back to me. Our planning is done as well. Do <laughs> you want to do the next one or shall I? Um, yeah, example two is based around a habitual habit. A habitual habit? That's not the right word. I knew straight away, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew that was wrong. I, these habitual habits really get to me. Something comes out of your mouth and you just think straight away, yep, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> Is it yep, nope, or yeah, nah? It's yeah, nah, that's that's wrong. That's it's, a bad one. It's okay, it's part of the charm. So we're talking habitual eating here. Yeah. So for, now, habits are great, but they also can be really bad. Well, yes. Um, habits so, habits are unavoidable. They're, yes. uh, you probably would want to... Um, for you listening, cast your ears back to our, our two-part special we did a while ago on habits yes, and reprogramming them. But habits are normal. Yes. Uh, it's what the human brain seeks out as a way to conserve energy. It's just more a case of you know, are your habits working for you or against you? Yes. And just to backtrack, I just remembered what I was going to say. I told you to remember. Um, on deprivation, just before we get into our um, – and next example, what I was going to say was when it comes to depriving ourselves of food, there's only a certain amount of food and decisions that we as humans like to make anyway, isn't there? There's there's only a certain amount of food choices we tend to just go for as general humans. Um, on average, the average person does well to make more than five different food choices per week. Correct. Yeah. So when that's factored in and that's just a normal average, yeah. then you deprive that on top, mm. then you can understand how boredom comes in really quickly. Yep, absolutely. That's just the point I was going to make. Um, but yes, back to my habitual habits. So <laughs> example oh. two <laughs> is... Um, it's when – now, this is something that we do often to ourselves out of habit or laziness. Mm. So sometimes we can just fall into bad habits. We've got the best of intentions, but because we're not paying attention to what we're doing, we can we can fall into bad habits. But it also comes from laziness, and this is my own example that's come from laziness, which yep. is – you're throwing together things quick and easy in terms of meals. You're throwing together meals quick and easily. On the run. On the run, on the fly. You're not planning probably. And you're, as a result, you're constantly cooking the same thing. Mm. Or the same two or three things yep. every week. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. So you get to the point where suddenly it you've eaten the same things for a year. 
the mm. same like three dishes for an entire year and you're wondering why at the end of that suddenly you don't really want to eat that and you're taking your food with you to work but you're deciding that you're picking the other things that are around you i'm just gonna get takeaway instead because i really don't want to eat that well that's the thing even with this with this sort of an issue like if someone gets through an entire year doing that they deserve a medal yeah you got through three you you can you can see and i have seen people that don't last long at all in terms of weeks because you see it start to become an issue where the weekend comes around. Yeah. And what happens between Friday and Sunday looks very different to what happens between Monday and Thursday. Yeah, because you're bored. You mentioned, Courtney, the word laziness Mm. with this. Would you agree that very often laziness looks like, oh, I've got to do it quick and easy? Yeah, that that, that was my my personal experience with this one in the past where what what would your quick and easy throw togethers look like oh it would be usually a slow cooker because i could put it on overnight and then not have to deal with it um often it would be a slow cooker or it would be like a um like a quick version of like a chili con carne yep so you know sometimes i'd put it in the slow cooker sometimes i could do a really quick version on the stove um, oh, the ten minute one. The ten minute one. Um, By the way, the one that one you make is really good. It is nice, but I'm over it. Overkill. Um, but yeah, that that and and definitely slow cookers would be an, in the past had been an overkill for me. Um, anything that was quick and easy, I didn't have much time on it. So you know, your stir fries and stuff like that, I didn't do as much because they took longer to prepare. Yeah. So they weren't like the ones that I overdid. Really. So you were you were approaching it from, hey, I can save some time here, but the time, but what you get in time saved, you pay for elsewhere. Yeah, because I was too lazy to cook anything else up. So mm-hmm. usually, you know, we'd say like slow cooked meals are fantastic because they are an easy option for people that are really busy. Very a very productive way to yeah. prepare your food. Same with large barbecues. Yeah. And there's no problem doing that, but the problem becomes in when you're consuming those meals. So I would consume those that that, that those particular two slow cooker meals that I would have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, they were your whole your whole day's worth. Yeah, over multiple days. They're my days because I'm too I'm lazy to cook bored. anything else yeah, up. Yeah, okay. So so that that was becoming a laziness factor for me because I was too lazy to cook anything else. That I just picked like three meals and had them. Every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yep. So that's where the laziness for me came in. I think this particular example, though, as I said, it can be unknowingly becoming a habit for some people because I've seen some some clients, and you probably have too, Matt, where they're actually trying really hard to plan and prepare food, but because maybe they're getting overwhelmed with other things, they're falling into this habit and without realizing it. Uh, that is a great example, and I'll I'll build on top of that. Something we were talking about, um, Courtney and I were talking about this before we jumped on, was with the planning. Um, you see it with people with um, quick and easy with the the snack mentality. 
So by snack mentality, let, let me give you some example or a classic example of what most people or many people would think is a healthy snack. Might be a handful of almonds and some carrot and celery sticks. Yeah. Now, some people genuinely like that. I do. And to which I say, more power to you. What I'm going to get at, though, is that you can spot when they're bored because it might be on their meal record, um, 4 p.m., um, 125 grams of almonds and three carrot sticks and three celery sticks, 7 p.m., um, three ice creams. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's unfulfilling. Uh, 10 p.m., um, five Tim Tams. Yeah. Yep. So you, you can tell that people are getting bored with that, not because they're eating it, it's because what they're going to. Afterwards. Yep. Yeah. Um, or you'll also see it with people with this where they might take something quick and easy into work, but they don't have that. No. Because and I think that, the, that that's sorry that that's the example that I see most often mm-hmm. because you're right. Some people can fall into eating, you know, food like like I I I would love a snack of celery sticks and carrot sticks in if, peanut butter. Well, anything with peanut butter works well, but just in general, they're anything. delicious. Maybe hummus, maybe a bit of hummus dip, um, maybe some tuna. Delicious. Yep. But. Yes, that's not for everyone, but if that's not fulfilling for you, if you're bored of that food, then you're probably more likely not to finish it, I find. Or so start you, it. So you're not you're not full. Mm. And then when you're not full, you're still hungry and you think to yourself, well, what else can I eat? And then that's when you start to reach for the junk food. Whatever, or whatever's nearby. Whatever's nearby. That's, um, that's the rule of proximity there. Or whatever in the back of your mind you really, really want to be eating. Whatever you are craving. Yes, yes. So I, f- I just feel like when, when people get into this habit of eating the same food too often, mm. they get sick of that food. You're right, Matt. They're less likely to even start eating it. They're more likely just to switch to something well, else. I'll... I've seen this with with people, people that we've worked with, where you, you, you've probably seen it too, Courtney. You'll see it on meal records where it's 12 p.m., um, slice of cake, three biscuits and a can of Coke at work in the tea room. I made my own lunch but didn't eat it. Yeah. Well, of course you probably didn't because you're probably bored with it. Yeah. But And then the other one I think, and I've been guilty of this in the past as well, is that you start the meal and you just don't finish it. It's just not. Because you just can't think of anything worse than finishing it. You just really don't want to eat it. Well, isn't that, um, isn't that almost close to the ultimate sign of food boredom, yeah. even more than deprivation, where you just don't want to fucking have it? Just don't want to eat it. I don't want this. No. And, 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 I've, and I've got to those stages. I've got to those stages well, in my eating history where definitely I have I have prepared. I've got too comfortable with the food I'm eating, and I've prepared it for too long without overkill. switching it out for something else, and I can't eat it anymore. Well, you know, the thing is, it's not just you. So I'll happily say that you know, I mean, you know, Courtney has made it well known she is a fussy eater. I am a lot less of a fussy eater, but that being said, I still get food boredom too. Mm. Um, I it takes longer for me to get it, but it's still there, which is why 
this issue affects everyone. It's just a matter of when. Time, yeah. So with Courtney, she she ticks over the edge very, very quickly, but I can too because I, I overkilled myself on quick and easy slow cookers too mm. um, to the point where I actually can't remember the last time I made up a slow cooker for myself or for us. And I love, like I love my chili con carne. I love the beef ragu that yes. we used to do. Yes. Um, but I OD'd yes. on that. You know, and I like, like anything that even remotely approaches Mexican food, like get in my belly. Yes. But then if you say, oh, Matt, why don't you make up the slow cooked chili con carne this week? Fucking nope. No. I'm still over it almost 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't think anyone's immune to this. No. It's just a matter of, uh, it's not if, it's when. I agree. Um, which, you know, this, we talk about this being habitual. And habitual habit. Ha- the habitual habit, yes. <laughs> yep. This, that might stick. Uh, I hope it does. Well, if I, if I cut it out and put on one of these buttons here like this. Oh, 100%. I can actually make it a habitual habit. <laughs> so just watch out for that one because that, that's not hard to do. Anyway, the whole example here talks about just watch out because what you think is quick and easy might or laziness can come disguised as quick and easy and the time that you save in the kitchen you're going to pay for it somewhere else yes um so we've gotten through the habitual habit do you want me to go to the next example yeah yeah so the the third the third and and final sort of pillar of a food boredom sort of stems around bland and boring. Yeah. So you we, we've all known that person. Some of us may have been that person where oh, I'm a I'm a clean eater. I don't have salt. I don't have those impure herbs and spices or seasonings or or garnishes or things like that and this used to be me. Um and so the food I'm going to have and this is the this is the mad example of I'm just going to have um my Chicken breast, um, just you know, baked mm. with uh, my three different vegetables. Pat, pat the chicken breast dry with your paper towel. Not quite. I just I stop short there. Didn't need to because when you overcook it, it's dry anyway. Yeah. So for me, um, I'd be a, a soup. This is this is like way back when I'd be a super clean eater. I'd have my steak just off the pan. No sauce, no mustard, like no tomato sauce, no mustard, um, no mayonnaise. Salt and pepper. No, no salt. I was salt free. Yeah. Um, no herbs and spices. And uh, yeah, not too exciting. Yeah. I think this one probably for most people brings up the most visual when you say like, what does it mean for food to be boring? Well, for me, for me, it was in the presentation. Yeah. Okay. So... I would – no one's going to sit here and stay and say like, oh, you know, steak and veg cannot be an exciting meal. It can be the most exciting meal. Very exciting. Where I would, where I would create boredom for myself was in the presentation of it, um, but also the, the lack of variety with it as well. So it was the same thing, the same cooking method, the same cut of meat, the same 
two or three vegetables every single time out. Yeah, yeah. You know? That, that is definitely where you get really boring um, and, and definitely bland. So bl- bland is the perfect term for it, yep. which is – and I feel like that that is what visually I think of very first. Like when we were first thinking of like, all right, what does food boredom mean? Mm. Bland food was the first thing I thought of. Yep. Um, because it is when some – especially in this context of weight loss because when anyone ever talks about – thinks about weight loss, the first thing they seem to think of is – I have to eat boring food. I have to eat. I have to eat clean, clean food. And for some reason, the idea of what clean food is is flavorless. Well, you look at you look at when you talk when you for the average person when it's like okay, I'm I'm gonna I've made the decision to change. I want to lose X amount of weight or X amount of dress sizes. The words that tend to come into our minds: cut, yeah, bland, yes. Clean. Yes. Um, not really exciting, is it? No. So that, that this is what I thought of. So you're definitely right. It's, it's the idea of cutting out herbs, spices, any sort of seasoning really, including salt like you mentioned, sauces. Um, it's very much, I think, um, an idea of having like meat and salad or meat and vegetables, or seafood and salad. There doesn't seem to be many, when you think of these sort of foods that people think of, they don't think of still being able to have chilling Hong Kong or beautiful hearty stews or... Healthy desserts. Um, healthy desserts or or even like um, like curries, like beautiful curries and rice. And these sort of things don't go through people's heads when they start saying, well, you've got to eat clean. Quality spaghetti bolognese, please. So can I, can I just before, sorry to interrupt Courtney. I guess it's worth mentioning. Like if you might be sitting there listening to us or standing there or driving or running or weightlifting or whatever, <laughs> thinking fucking these dickheads. I love my steak and veg. Guess what? So do we. What we're talking about here is not saying, for example, oh, your steak and veg is boring. It's boring if you're looking for something else. Yes. It's bland if you're looking for something else. Yes. Yes. And it, or if you feel like it's a chore, now there's a word, you feel like it's a chore to eat this food I've made for myself. Yes. Because really, food should not be a chore. No. It should be a like – we, we're humans – if you we have like, to eat. if the way you like your steak is with no sauce and no seasoning, then fantastic. Don't change that. Go for gold. If you love your steak with sauce and seasoning, and you think that you have to take that away, no, to eat healthy or eat clean or whatever word you want to use, then you are wrong. And the problem is that you are going to get bored of your food very quickly, you're going to be very unhappy eating. And why would you be unhappy eating? Yeah, it's one it of the best things we get to do every day. Well, the thing is, once once you turn it into a chore, it immediately puts a, an expiration date yeah. on whatever that habit or that meal is. It just depends on yeah. when that's going to be. Yeah. For I, I would say for a lot of people that we worked with and have we do work with and will work with in the future – They'll tend to get bored sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I think everyone's got very different ways made of eating. You are somebody who likes everything to be thrown together. 
So you'll often make stir fries and things like that where you'll just get roasted veg that's left over or chicken, barbecue chicken that's left over and you'll just chuck it all together in one fry pan. I do love medleys like that, yeah. And you'll just stir fry it together. Yes. Whereas I couldn't think of anything worse than putting all that together. What? No. You're throwing shade at my stir fry? I'm just saying I wouldn't. I would prefer to eat everything that goes into your stir fry on a plate separately. That's fine. So put it on one plate and eat it separately. That's the way I like to eat it. Mm -hmm. So everyone's going to have different ways of eating things. And you're right, there's no right or wrong with that. No, no, it's it's more this. What we're getting at is it's more the signs of food boredom when you're looking for it, the fix elsewhere. I know. That's what I was getting at. Please continue. So... So, yes, if you are somebody who loves to eat like that, then eat that way. And it's all about finding a way that you can eat that's going to be sustainable. And that's the main thing, isn't it? Because if you, like we just said, if you're eating, if you're trying to change the way that you're eating to a point where you are hoping to God that you can eat the same three things for 12 weeks and not get bored of it, or you're hoping that you can cut down the flavor in your food so much that you don't get bored of it, I'm here to tell you that you might last 12 weeks, you might last longer, but eventually you're going to get to the point where it's put in front of you and you could think of nothing worse than eating it. Mm. You will not want to eat it. And that's when, yes, you will reach for your default. What are our, what's our default? Our default is to go back to the way that we used to eat when we were happy. Whatever the faves are that you've Correct. That have been cut out from So if, if if food starts to make you miserable and not want to eat it, your brain is gonna to default to when you love to eat food and you love to eat that hamburger from, you know, X fast food place and mm. you loved that entire carton of ice cream. Um, we haven't got it written down here, but I think it's something that's popped into my mind. Um, another easy example of food boredom, I think, is when like you might you might have it where, okay, I'm eating these meals through the week and come the weekend I'm going to cut loose because I don't want to miss out. Yeah. Which, yeah. Now, that to me, that then, that then tells me that what you're making through the week is not hitting the spot mm. because you're going looking for the real stuff on the weekend. And you will see this with, like we'll see this with clients where Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, they are on plan whatever the fuck that means. And then on the weekend, it's like, this is a different fucking person. This is a meal record from two different people. Yeah. And then, because you, you, I know, like you think of the way a human would actually work, like that tells you, if you get in the week to the weekend and you're cutting loose and you're writing down like, you know, I didn't want to miss out, I was looking forward to this, and you just go absolute fucking ham, hard as a motherfucker, on it. Yes. What you're having through the week's not doing it for you. No. Or what you're looking for on the weekends or late at night to, to sort of, you know, get the fix taken care of, you're not putting in the effort to find healthier versions of that. Can I, can I give an example here um, with our homemade hamburgers? Yes. So let it be known... I'm a fan of burgers yes. and have been since like since day zero. <laughs> yes. Like I, I came out of the womb like ready to go for burgers. Yes. Like they're all good. Now, unfortunately, that, that was part of my problem 
when I was younger because all my burgers would come from our, our old faves, the colonel, the clown, the king. The clown. Are you talking about McDonald's? Ronald McDonald. The clown. The clown. Is it a clown? Works for me. Um, Mr. Burger King himself. Yep. Um, especially Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders' burgers were my favourite. KFC. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, the thing is, in, in our minds at least here with us, if you – if you want to lose weight and get in great shape and improve your life, et cetera, et cetera, you shouldn't have to cut the things you love. But there is merit in in finding more nutritious ways to hit the spot. So for a while now, Courtney and I have been putting in the work here at home to make up um, our own burgers that are so good we don't have the urge or desire to go and get them from somewhere else. Yes. And we finally got there. Yes. So, Courtney, I think you I think you probably hit on the final form of it where it's not a chicken burger, it's a turkey burger. Yes. Um, with the turkey and the spices, the pineapple. Yuck, not on mine. The egg, the bacon, for you probably the avocado. Um, but also the sauces as well, you know, the mayo – Mustard, tomato sauce, etc., and it is so good. It's at the stage where, honestly speaking, I would rather have what we make here at home than if you said to me, "Let's go to KFC and get some burgers." Like, no, nah, let's make our own. Yeah, they taste better, but they're also a massive nutritional upgrade. Yes. Why can't people have this as well? Yeah, definitely. So, it probably took me a long time to get there. I'm sorry. But the point I'm getting at here is it this a weight loss journey, it's not just a case of it doesn't need to be bland yes. or boring. It kind of can't be because it's not going to be sustainable, let alone enjoyable. Yes. Because as I said before, once once eating for you and what you're eating becomes a chore, you're kind of you're kind of cooked. Yeah. You've kind of got no chance. Yeah. Yep. Gotta so, be able to add the excitement back into it. Well, let's move on to some tips on how we can tackle each of these. So, well, we, we've spoken about deprivation, um, the habitual habits, and bland and boring. <laughs> we got the snort. Whoa. I totally just passed over that for a second and then realised what you had said. Oh, dear. Yes, deprivation. Okay, so let's give some tips here on... Overcoming food boredom via deprivation. Um, I'll just start by saying, if you're on a meal plan, fucking hell, get rid of that shit. Yeah. Remember, there's a really big difference between a meal plan and a meal guide. The best, um, the best meal plan I tend to find is one that you make for yourself that hits all the all the boxes and you yeah. can sustain. Yeah. The worst meal plan is the one that some dickhead gives you that you look at and go. I don't know how long I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. That there is an immediate red flag of like, hey, this this can't happen. So yeah. we, we can agree that deprivation in that form is bad. There needs to be balance. There needs to be balance because as we said, if you, if you try to stick to something and it's restrictive for too long, you're going to get bored. 
Balance and variety. And that's when, you know, you're going to lead to to old eating habits are going to come back in. Can I, can I just say, on the, on the topic of meal plans as well, like 99% of people don't need meal plans. There are some people that actually do need meal plans and those people have 12 weeks to go before their bodybuilding competition. Yeah. Which means it's not me, it's not you listening, and it's not Courtney. No. That's not the average person. No. But then again, if you if you listening are 12 weeks out from a bodybuilding competition, why are you listening to us? But thank you. But yeah, hey. For love, listening to us. Love your face, but yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. But for the average person, like us and those that listen to to this show on the regular, like meal plans aren't shouldn't be part of the equation. No, There's a reason we did an episode uh, I think it was in season two called Why We'll Never Give You a Meal Plan. Yeah. We yeah. are very against that shit. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why. Because it creates um unsustainability via boredom and deprivation. Yeah. So Courtney's on the money um in terms of balance and variety. Yes. Keeping things a bit more exciting for yourself. Um, so we've got, on the topic of variety, uh, we've got plenty of clients where they'll be you know, making new recipes for themselves every single week. Yeah. They'll have their staples, yes. their usuals that are in the rotation, but to keep things um, – and this is where the, like I've always hated the phrase mixing it up when it relates to weight training in the gym. But when it comes to eating food – and avoiding food boredom, mixing it up is a great prescription. So we've got clients where they'll have a few different recipes that they rotate in all the time, week to week to week, but they'll mix it up by going, I'm also going to try one to two new ones every week yeah. to keep exposing myself to new you know, tastes, textures, colors, flavors, etc. Yeah, I, admit, I think that brings us into habitual... Habits. Boredom, yes. <laughs> habitual habit in terms of boredom... Um, in the food that you're eating, mm. which is just what you said, Matt, mixing it up, trying new recipes. Yeah, a lot of people, you can get stuck in your comfort zone with yes. this, can't you? And that's and that's really what I think it comes down to. It's it's one of two things. It's it's a comfort zone thing without knowing it. Yeah. Um, because you're getting distracted, because you're really busy, because things happen, work, family life. Or things you tell yourself. Things you tell yourself. Um, but it can also be in, in what's happened in my history, which is just pure laziness, mm. which is the fact that you probably deep down know you should be making different foods, but you just can't be bothered. You just can't be bothered trying them out or too hard. testing them out and things like that. It's just too hard, especially if you're not a natural cook, which I'm not. Um, well, some people in this situation will tell themselves, I just don't know what to have, yeah. so I'll go back to having the same thing I've had for the last six weeks. Yes, and that often, often does happen too. So I think... Definitely, like mixing things up, making sure that you're you're challenging yourself with new recipes. And for some people, that might have to be literally setting a, a new recipe goal we because know. it's not it's not a natural thing for them to try out new things. So they actually do have to set it as a goal. Well, it's worth mentioning. I'm glad you brought that up. It's worth mentioning. Like when we recognise this with clients, like hey, we'll tell them we want you to go and try out be it one or two or three new recipes this coming week and show us what you're trying. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're absolute smash hits or they don't hit the mark. It's more about building that habit and that routine in and I suppose overcoming, uh, walking, 
moving yourself out of that comfort zone and creating a normal around, hey, I'm going to try some new things out this time. Yes. Because what that can also potentially do is potentially add excitement to older foods you may have gotten bored with because you're going away from them to try new things that are exciting you. So you might you might find one day your old favourites come back. Yeah, that's right. Because you sort of cleanse the palate. Correct. But yeah, some people need it to be really set as a goal, yep. and some people don't don't necessarily need it as a goal. Some people just need the the reminder, you know, to try something new out because they actually really like cooking and they've just got into a into a bad habit. But yeah, I was someone who really needed to set it as a goal because I'm somebody who definitely am not. A natural cook. I don't enjoy cooking. Mm-hmm. I don't love the idea of, of cooking new things. So I do definitely have to set myself a goal target, yep. you know, to, to try things out. But I'm definitely someone now that it, you're you're the same, Matt, and you're obviously at a different timeline to me, but you're like you get to a certain stage where you can feel it come on. You can feel that you're starting to get over a certain food. I can I can feel it for me because I don't want to have it. Yes. It's like it's there in the fridge and it's like, what else can I have here? Yeah. Like, okay, it's time to try something new. Yes. So just with with me personally, I do, for the most part, um, I'd, I'd say for me personally now where I'm at, probably 90 to 95% of the time, I'll have the same things every day, day in, day out, but my variety comes where I mix it up with different bases or different different ingredients in the main meal. So I men- I've mentioned a few times through this episode my love for my daily omelette. My daily omelette's not the same thing every day. Yeah. So, you know, obviously an omelette, I mean, hello, eggs and egg white, like, duh. Um, outside of that, though, it could be the savoury beef mince. It could be different types of chicken that go in there, be it barbecue chicken with, you know, 10 different spices I could have used. Uh, it could be a different sort of chicken curry. Same with um, vegetables go in there. So it might be some stir-fry vegetables. It might be a salad mix. Um, same thing with um, I'm having it after a training session. I, I like to use rice in there. Um, jasmine rice, um, brown rice, quinoa, you know, barley, etc. couscous. So you, I'm getting different different bits of variety in the same sort of meal. Same thing with, um, like, I love my barbecue chicken because I love, I guess I love barbecue anything, but it doesn't go with the same vegetables every single time out. It doesn't go with the same salad every single time out. You know, same with different um, different cooking methods. Like, I love my barbecue. I don't barbecue, you know, every single week of the year. Um, sometimes it might be the stir fry, yeah. bog stir fry or the electric fry pan. Changing the cooking methods can spice it up or, or mix it up quite nicely as well. Yeah. Like if you find, as especially as, as the, the warmer months come in through the year, like barbecue time. Yeah. Where I know um, with you, Courtney, during the, the colder months, out comes a slow cooker. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Variety yeah. in that as well is, is key. And I think definitely moving on to bland food, make sure that you add flavour. <laughs> Flavor is not your enemy. Mm. So make sure that you are adding flavor to to your food and color. Yeah, the flavor, the thing is, the just on the, the topic of the flavor, 
the flavor can come in different ways. So yes, it can come through more ingredients. Um, an example, an example of flavor to to in, you know to get away from the blandness. The the average person's salad might be like what cucumber, lettuce, and tomato. And if you're feeling daring, you might throw some croutons in there. Like woof. Where for Courtney and I. Uh, a salad is between 10 and 20 different ingredients. Yeah. Like a lot of different ingredients to add so much different variety and taste and texture and colour, the opposite of bland. But the thing is, with with getting away from bland, it can go beyond ingredients and you know start adding some spices. Yeah. Different herbs and spices, different seasonings. Yep. Um, I know for when we would often, Courtney will say barbecue up some steak, it might be a different seasoning each time out. Even even on, on your foods, you know, even yeah. if you want to switch things out, you know, if you've got a if you've got a great recipe that you feel like isn't giving you the flavour that it once did or it's tasting a bit bland, if try you love spice. the recipe, yeah. try a different spice. Absolutely. Try a different base. Yeah. Maybe try it with chicken instead of beef or vice versa. Or turkey instead of chicken. Gives you a whole yeah. different flavour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, try try to change things up and it might not necessarily be that you've got to change the entire recipe. It might just be that you've got to add one thing or substitute yeah. one thing. Yep. But Well, I used the example before with me with rice. Like the, the taste difference between, say, basmati, jasmine and brown rice, like they're all different forms of rice. They're not the same. Mm. But then you can also take rice and you can spice your rice up. Like for a while now, Courtney and I have been um, making up what, what we call a, uh, a spicy Mexican rice. So you cook it in the rice cooker, um, then you put it in the pan, um, but you've got some taco seasoning that goes through there. Oh, it is so good. You know, but if I get tired of that, I might try a different seasoning Yeah. one time, you know, or just put pepper on it. It's, there's different ways you can approach this. It don't necessarily involve, oh, I've got a wholesale change the get rid of the entire recipe don't don't throw the whole thing out um especially from my perspective I, like i said i have the same recipes most days they just look different day to day yeah and i think that 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 is key you know for somebody this is a good one for somebody who might find themselves on more of the time poor list and they maybe don't have the time to constantly come up you know or find new ingredients and try them out or sorry recipes and try them out it might just be that you can change up the flavor of the current things you're doing. Mm. So you are then still, you know, you know how to, to make it, you know what goes in it. So it's very quick and easy for you to do, but your variety comes from changing out the spice, changing out the seasoning, yep. changing out the base you're using. Change the protein source. And I think that also what helps with that is just not being afraid that something may not work out. Yeah. Like, like I said before, an example could be going from, from chicken in a recipe to turkey. Now, that may not work out for you, but at least you know. But beyond that, if it doesn't work out, you might go, well, why is that? What can I do different next time to improve that? Mm. You know? It's, yep. this isn't, this isn't, it's not really a failure if you try out something new or, or spice up what you're doing and it doesn't work. Because it just means next time, try something different again. Yeah. If you do this long enough, you, you get on a routine where you you like what you have. It adds the excitement to it. 
the food I have, as I said, it's mostly the same foods every day with different looks and different bases, whatever. I love what I have. I get excited for it. Now, to me, that tells me if I'd rather have the food I make for myself versus going and smashing some, some junk food, I'm onto a pretty good bit of a winner here. Mm. Yeah? Yes. Can I give one more tip before we wrap it up on um, avoiding blandness? Is that with, with plenty of people, not everyone, with plenty of people, making your food visually appealing solves a lot of problems. Because for a lot of people, they'll eat with their eyes first. Yes. Now, people like this, and you listening might be one of them, you might have, we, we spoke about before, um, some people, and I was one of them, love their steak and three veg. So on their plate is the cut of steak and three different vegetables or four or five different vegetables, whatever the, whatever the assortment may be, but it's presented in a way that doesn't exactly get you fired up mm. to have it. For some people, and I'm one of them, it can be as simple as mixing it all together and having that medley of colour all in one spot. Yes. Or for some people, it can be, and I see this with, with some clients of ours, where they'll make themselves up some healthy dessert recipes and the presentation is just like, holy shit, like I'm eating that with my eyeballs. Yeah. It's just through, without even knowing the ingredients. Yeah. You look at the photos of what they'll post and what they make up and it's like, holy fuck, I don't know exactly what's in there. I just know I want it. Yeah. Purely based on what you see. So there can be some real wins that you rack up in just putting in maybe a, a little bit of extra time to get the presentation. Yeah? Yep. Anything else you'd like to, to add there? No, I think that that's covered it quite nicely. Nothing else you'd like to add in general? No, I think that's basically it. So just remember that if you love what you're eating – and you're going really well, then that's fine. Just be wary of these things, that mm. they could happen and creep into what you're eating over time. But if you were finding yourself not liking what you're eating... If it's a chore. ...or you're constantly falling back into old eating habits, then potentially look at these three things and, and really think about what you're eating as your staple foods and are you enjoying them? Is yeah. there enough variety? And if there's not, then you're probably falling falling um, to food boredom. And it's a really, really simple tweak to fix it. Yeah, I just want to mention before we wrap this up that this is something that we look for with every single client that we have is are there signs of food boredom? Yeah. Whenever they, whenever they send through their seven-day meal records, that's what's being scanned for here. Are they liking what they're having? Because as we've gone through here, there are signs of food boredom. Yeah. And it's the sort of thing that, you, that we want to be addressed because, again, this ties into the probably the most important part of a successful weight loss journey is sustainability, your yes. ability to stick with what you're doing over a long-term period of time. Yes. Uh, so the only other thing I want to add here. Uh, add here, I'm sorry, um, is just that um, I love the phrase habitual habits. Thanks. Where did you want to add it? Here, was it? You wanted to add here? Yeah. Mm. It's not really good to make fun of someone when you just make a mistake. 
It's a bit funny, isn't it? All right, so... Didn't plan that well, did you? Thanks for listening to this episode. <laughs> Hopefully you got a lot out of it. Yes, I hope you actually have got a lot out of this. Excuse us for getting delirious at the end of this podcast. So I think it's a very good time to wrap this up. Yeah, so we'll um, yeah, we'll pull the pin on this one because we're clearly done. We're going downhill. Uh, so we would like to invite you to come and hang out with us in the official Facebook group of the Weight Loss Podcast. Uh, conveniently called the Weight Loss Podcast on Facebook. So search for us there or find a link for it in your podcast app. Yes, there'll be links to everything in your podcast app. You can also email us if you would like to. It is The email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure, sure? Sure, sure. Okay. Yes, that is it. Uh, you'll also find uh, notes, extra notes on this episode and all our other episodes over at the website, which is theweightlosspodcast.com. All right, that's a wrap. Hopefully this has helped you. If not, blame Courtney because all the bad things are her fault and all the good things are because of me. Just ask. Yes. Just boom. We breaking things over there? Sorry. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com.